0: Hello there. Welcome to my publication, Princess and the P, SE, the Survivor Edition, where we explore life's tests as we move along in our path towards healing from trauma. Thanks for being here. My name is Faith Christine Bergevin. You can call me Faith. In today's podcast, we go further into the reasons it can be so hard for survivors to heal. I dive deep into the metaphor of the Princess and the P and how the central issue may resonate for those who suffer from post-traumatic symptoms. I also tell a personal story that felt too vulnerable to reveal when I first began, but now feel ready to share. I hope you find this helpful for your own journey. The Princess Needs a Nap, Welcome 2.0, Survivor Edition. This is my Welcome 2.0, the Survivor Edition. I wasn't ready to share this when I launched my Substack publication a few weeks ago. Call me a chicken, a chicken disguised as a princess. Or is it the other way around? It was enough to launch this page wanting to talk about healing from trauma, life's messy tests, and how to heal in this world we live in. A world almost ordering us to heal already, goddammit, so we can finally relax and you won't remind us how horrible we actually are. Wait, why does that remind me of a man I dated? The impatience that exists in the world for trauma survivors to get better quickly and completely is almost as traumatizing to survivors as the trauma itself. Almost. But if people would only just take a breath, show up with compassion and not hyperventilate just because a trauma survivor expresses feelings, how much better would things be for us? What they don't teach you in trauma training programs. I went to graduate school later in life while going through a divorce and raising school-aged children and earned my counseling psychology master's degree from a university teaching the latest in trauma theory. Even this excellent training did not prepare me for the actual horror that comes from surviving violence by an intimate partner. Writing has been my foremost tool of recovery from violence as it has helped me see things that my trauma training did not. As a writer, survivor and counsellor, I am working to unite these worlds, even as it may be challenging and vulnerable. I want to talk about healing from trauma. I want to share my path, a path that has been messy, unclear at times and devastating at others. It has also taken me into the centre of myself, and made me question all I am and what I believe to be true about relationships, particularly sexual and romantic ones. This is not meant to be divisive, although it might challenge your views on sexual dynamics, violence, and intimate relationships. It might surprise you to learn how something simple in daily life can so easily evoke profound PTSD symptoms in a trauma survivor. There was a hint of that in that this essay from a couple of weeks ago, the one entitled, Men Stop Doing That Already. While certain PTSD triggers make sense to those who haven't experienced it, such as the common example of fireworks as a trigger for war veterans, there are some triggers that are apparently random and unpredictable and don't seem to make any any sense. This response is due to the fact that a survivor's nervous system has been changed by trauma often in ways that are not understood, not even by the person experiencing it, perhaps, especially. Oftentimes, survivors cannot control their reactions or symptoms because we don't know what experiences might trigger us until after we've had them. One of my mentors in my graduate program said that a central tenet of helping a trauma survivor reclaim their life is for them to have voice, choice and control. To that end, with this publication, I am choosing to use my voice in service of my mission to educate and empower survivors in the wake of trauma, so we can make sense of the symptoms we live with in our day-to-day lives. By sharing my own experiences, I'm giving myself an opportunity to process what they mean to me, thus exerting control over them. Hopefully, through sharing this process, I can provide some light on a dark subject and impart knowledge to you, the reader, and perhaps survivor. Some stories may be hard to hear, but my hope is by sharing them, there can be greater understanding of the difficulties that plague many trauma survivors, who often also suffer from depression, severe anxiety, relationship challenges, and or are haunted by suicidal thoughts. If we can learn to talk about the very real issues that plague survivors, perhaps we can learn what it takes to show up for others in a meaningful way. Often, it doesn't take much, but it does take something. I'm also not going to sugarcoat the sometimes discouraging truth that even therapists, established and new, can have trouble knowing how to support someone going through the acute stages of trauma. Therapists are human and have their own limitations. I say this not to put down my profession, but to validate those survivors who may have tried to get help and not found the right person to provide it. Sometimes when we seek help, we may not find the right help the first time. Sometimes life doesn't give us what we need at first. Life's tests. I have lived long enough to know that life keeps testing me to see if I'm paying attention, hence my tagline. It's irritating and often infuriating, but I'm learning in my middle years to surrender. Not give up, although I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to sometimes. Surrendering means accepting what is and trying my best with the resources I have so I can move through my challenges. My aim with this publication is to share how the healing work has been for me and how I continue to move through the world as a survivor and therapist. Here, I want to share how I went from being a graduate student learning about trauma theory and providing counseling for others to being a rape victim in the final months of my degree program. I want to share elements of my healing to try to provide a map for those who are in the midst of recovery from this barbaric and brutal crime. Yes, it is a crime even though many rapists remain on the streets, unprosecuted, free to live their lives, while survivors try to find a way to put our lives back together. It has been through my writing, at first in my journals, later in essays and memoir, that I could begin to express what was going on for me at a time when I had nowhere else to turn and my trauma was so fresh that the words were a jumble that spilled onto the page. I thought long and hard before starting this publication. Putting my name out here for anyone to see is a risk I'm taking. As a counsellor, one might argue that it's a bad idea to air my laundry since it disrupts the professional image of a counsellor as impartial helper, as someone untouched by horrible things. But I have been inspired by the idea that I can be brave myself, share my stories, pulling back the curtain of the wise wizard. Yes, sorry, we're mixing metaphors today. To show that counsellors are human and that sometimes we too fall victim to violent people, even as we know much about personality, abnormal behaviour and other psychological insights. Yes, us counsellors can be victims due to our own limitations and personal blind spots. We are human. I am human. And this is the crux of what I hope can be explored and understood. It is not the victim's fault, no matter how much society might want to point a finger and say, but you should have known, especially when you're a counselor. One thing I hope to achieve is to dispel the many myths that pervade around victim blaming, such as comments like the above that are not only insensitive and harmful, but also sidestep the responsibility that belongs solely to the perpetrator. Why the princess needs a nap. Circling back to the theme of this publication, the original story, Princess and the Pea, refers to a disruption in the quality of the princess's sleep due to her response to the way the bed feels. This problem for the princess provides the central metaphor for my use of it here. Those who have experienced rape have a certain lack of safety in the place they sleep at night. While I recognize that not every rape takes place in a bed, mine did, and many others do as well, since many rapes take place in the context of a sexual and or romantic relationship. The princess in Princess and the Pea has trouble sleeping due to the annoying pea in her bed an object placed there without her knowledge and consent. But she can feel it, and this secret pee hurts her, giving her a terrible sleep and a bruise on her body. I liken this concept, being uncomfortable in one's bed due to some nameless, mysterious, buried lump, to an ongoing experience for those of us who have experienced rape. The traumatic event leaves a bruise on the body, heart, and mind in different ways for a long time afterwards. The memory of it disrupts our sleep due to the ongoing problem buried deep within layers that can be hard to find and hard to define. Coming out of a rape experience was the most destabilizing one of my life. It disoriented me. It produced a massive amount of confusion and pain. And it made me question everything I believe to be true about love and sex and relationships. My hope is that in sharing my story, my process towards healing, and my way out of a long nightmare, I can provide a voice for women who have also been sexually assaulted or raped. I plan to provide education, since as a counsellor, I am an educator about life, emotion, and how our experiences shape us. With my lived experience, as well as my education, I feel I'm in a unique position to offer my thoughts and process for a journey I never in a million years thought I'd be on. To you, who has found me here, nestled into Substack, I hope to provide comfort like a warm blanket by the fire. I hope that by exploring the mysterious lump that remains deep in our collective psyches, We can continue to heal from the violation of our very selves and name it. I hope to provide some words, maybe a map, and a sense of connection and commiseration for what you have gone through or are going through now. Sometimes the words are the hardest to find. May I help you find yours. Faith. Thank you for listening. Uh, I just wanted to share a few of the footnotes for those of you who are listening in the podcast and don't have the hard copy or the the screen in front of you with the text. Um, the, The first footnote goes all the way back to referencing a mentor of mine who used the term voice, choice, and control. I actually think he says it in a different order, choice, voice, control. Um, In any case, these are the three tenets that Dr. Tim Black uh, shared one evening back in 2016 when he spoke to a group of doctors. And um, the lecture is um, on YouTube. And so that's my first footnote, is referencing Dr. Tim Black, who's an expert on PTSD and was one of my mentors. Um, this second footnote references the tagline for my publication, and it's basically, um, life testing you? Yeah, me too. So I was pretty proud of that because um, I kind of feel that this publication is really about life's tests and how we get through it how we heal how it's our responsibility to heal the things that happen to us are not necessarily are not our fault Um, we do make choices and we do the best we can but our healing from the traumas from the disappointments from all the hurts the healing that is our responsibility so yeah, my tagline tries to encompass that. Um, my third footnote refers to the fact that most rapists are not prosecuted. Most are walking free. Um, my statistic is taken from RAINN. Uh, they are the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. Their statistics on the criminal justice system is that out of every thousand sexual assaults, 975 of perpetrators will walk free. So that means 25 out of 1,000 perpetrators will go to jail, which is a tiny percentage. Uh, My fourth footnote references that most rapes are committed by someone known to the victim. So often when people think of rape, if they haven't personally experienced it, they think of the man in the bushes, right? Those are less than 20% of rapes. It's actually 8 out of 10 rapes are by someone the person knows. Again, that is a statistic provided by Rain. Uh, my fifth footnote is a disclaimer. So here I am writing about my personal, lived experience as a survivor of rape. I'm sharing stories, I'm sharing insights, I'm also sharing research because I want to provide accurate information when um, I write in these stories and when I share them. But this disclaimer is really important. I can't be anyone's counsellor here. There are ethical and legal considerations that make it imprudent to offer counselling in this forum and it is not my intent with this publication. I'm predominantly writing as a survivor, but with the knowledge and educational insight from being trained as a trauma therapist and counselor. So I hope this is not confusing. My aim here is to consolidate the information I possess from where I am on my healing path and offer ideas and stories that might help you feel less alone. Since healing from this kind of trauma can be extremely challenging and potentially the most isolating experience of someone's life. And my final footnote references back to the ending of my essay saying that I hope to provide a sense of connection and commiseration for what you have gone through or are going through now. And so my footnote here is thank you for being here this is, this is a hard place to be if you've been through rape, if you whether it's recent or in the past, it's a really hard thing to get through. And so uh, the fact that you're willing to listen and, and trying to find a solution out of the pain to heal shows a lot of courage. And so I wanted to acknowledge that. So this is the end of my podcast for The Princess Needs a Nap. Um, Welcome 2.0, the Survivor Edition. I hope you will consider becoming a subscriber to my podcast, to my publication here on Substack. And I wish you a peaceful day.